There is a lot of news, a lot of breaking news regarding the Prime Minister, his family, and their involvement with the WE charity. Now, the Conservatives, they are calling for a police investigation after the charity. They originally denied, but have now confirmed that members of Trudeau's family, including his mother, wife, and brother, have all received speaking fees, have all received payment from the charity in the past. That charity, of course, receiving a sole-sourced $900 million, that's right, nearly a $1 billion contract from the Trudeau government. The Conservatives, again, calling now for a police investigation. We will talk to a Pierre Polyev, Conservative MP, coming up. Much more on this coming up at the bottom of the hour. So just after one thirty, Mr. Polyev will join us. But first, uh, maybe the only thing hotter than the weather right now might be this country's job numbers. StatsCan reporting today that the economy added nearly a million jobs in the month of June, 953,000 to be exact. That is on top of the 290,000 jobs that we gained the previous month. David McDonald is a senior economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, and he joins us up front here on this Friday afternoon on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. David, good afternoon. Nice to have you back in the show. Hi, yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, up nearly a million jobs in the month of June. What is that telling us? Yeah, so it was a very positive month. Uh, In particular, what happened between May and June was the opening of Ontario, not entirely, but much of the province was opened over that period. And so we see a big uptick there in particular. Um, However, we're still way behind where we were in February. So you know, if we're, if we're on, our, on the road back to February, we're about 43% of the way there, not only in terms of jobs gained, uh, but also people who'd lost their hours, regaining their hours, uh, you know, so to get the full impact. About half of the impact of COVID-19 was on the straight-up people losing their jobs, but the other half was on people losing their hours. So they lost, you know, 50% or more of their hours, maybe 90% of their hours. Um, so we're 43% of the way there. I mean, when we look across the country, uh, Ontario is really trailing the pack. And this is in part uh, because uh, we're only 34% of the way back in, in Ontario. And that's largely because of the later reopening uh, and, and not the complete reopening of, you know, sections of the province have remained closed, thinking of uh, areas around the GTA and Windsor, for instance. Um, and Alberta as well, lagging far behind in large part because they got the double whammy, not only of COVID-19, but also of cratering oil prices all at the same time. All right. So up nearly a million jobs, which, as you mentioned, is good news. It's great news, actually. But we're also down 1.8 million jobs overall. So would it be wrong, do you think, David, to call this a rebound or a recovery from the pandemic? Well, we are recovering, but there's a long way to go, I think, is, is would be the way to put it. I mean, we're, we're almost halfway back to February. And, you know, that's not bad, given that it's only July. Uh, you know, we're, we're not even through the entire year. I mean, if we were to actually regain all these jobs uh, back to the levels that we were at in February uh, over the course of this year, I think that would be a huge victory over COVID-19. Uh, you know, we had to shut the economy down and keep people safe, but we managed to get people back to work. Um, so, I mean, my hope certainly is that this this rebound continues over the coming months through the summer employment season, particularly as Ontario starts to pick up to some degree. I mean, it is worth pointing out that the, that the people who got hit hardest by this, who were laid off first and got hit hardest, were the people making under $16 an hour. Uh, you know, in April and May, half of them had lost their jobs or the majority of their hours. Um, that's improved a fair amount. So now it's, it's quote-unquote, only a third of everybody making under $16 an hour in this country has lost their job or the majority of their hours. Um, but you compare that to, say, the, the top end of the earnings spectrum, the top 10% of earners, 
they're actually better off now than they were in February. They've, they've seen no long-term losses, and they're, they're doing slightly better in terms of uh, job growth and, and our growth. Well, I was going to ask you, is that uh, where the gains have been? Is that where the gains have been uh, specifically in those uh, low-income jobs, those $16 per hour jobs you just mentioned? Well, they have actually been fairly widespread. I mean, so if you look across all these different uh, income chunks, uh, the $16 an hour people have seen a big recovery, but they were so much worse off to begin with uh, that they continue to be uh, among the worse off in terms of the proportional losses. Uh, but we have seen gains across almost all of the income categories. So it is fairly widespread. Um, you know, the other category to watch is is, uh, is youth, 15 to 24. Uh, so they're, they're trailing as well. I mean, only 37% of the way back to February. Uh, so they're, you know, that's a, that's a little bit behind, but it's the same sort of thing I think that's happening with low-age workers. A lot of these people are, are the same people, in fact, uh, is that they got hit really hard at the outset, and they are recovering. So there has been an improvement this month, but there's a, but there's a long way to go for them. And so I think that'll continue to be the case as these low-wage, uh, particularly younger workers, uh, you know, they'll be the last, I think, to, to dig themselves out of this uh, COVID hole. Joined by David McDonald, senior economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, discussing Canada's job numbers released earlier today, nearly 1,953,000 jobs added in the month of June. Should we also be discussing the unemployment rate here, David? And is that a more accurate barometer? I mean, we had a historic high when the pandemic hit, just over, I think, 13%. It uh, dipped to just over now uh, 12%, but uh, that is still far off where we were just pre-pandemic, which was... Uh, about five and a half, five point six percent, I think. Yeah, I mean, one of the challenges with uh, how quickly this hit is that unemployment rate itself becomes a lot less reliable, uh, in part because to be unemployed, you have to be looking for work, and so if you're not looking for work because your industry is closed, uh, like for instance, you're a server and you and you can't can't be called back in some places, you can't work inside and and uh, much lower capacity, uh, then you might respond on the survey that. Uh, uh, you know that you're not looking for work, even though you you know you're server and you would return to work. And so there's there's some vagaries in terms of those questions and how they're asked that makes uh, the unemployment rate per se not as reliable as it'd be in in normal times. Just depends on how people answer these questions. And so that's why I think a focus on peer job count as well as the count of people who are working less than the majority of hours is potentially more representative of what's actually going on. Um, and therefore, I, at this point, I'm actually largely ignoring the unemployment rate to tell you the truth, and I'm more watching how close we are to recovering to that previous employment level and that previous majority of hours level that, that we had in February. Let me ask you about the CERB and what sort of impact that has had. It's expected, of course, to end next month at the end of uh, August, unless it's extended again by the federal government. If it does end, what sort of impact do you think that will have, if any, on job numbers? Well, what will happen is most of those people will roll into the EI system. Uh, so they, many of them would be eligible for EI in any event. There's a certain group of people that wouldn't have been eligible for EI but did get served. These are going to be particularly self-employed and gig workers, uh, as well as people who didn't work a lot in the previous year. Uh, they would have been allowed into the CERB program, but they'll be they booted out once we roll back into EI. Uh, and so in that sense, though, I mean, folks that, that haven't been called back to work or can't go back to work for whatever reason will continue to get income support at a lower level. For most people, they'll make less on EI than they would have made into the $500 a week on CERB. Um, and so I, I think, you know, despite the fact that CERB existed in, in May, and there was a huge rebound in the number of people at or near minimum wage who went back to work. They didn't stay on CERB. They went back to work because, they, you know, they wanted to work. I think that's the default position of people that they would prefer to work. 
Um, and so I'm not sure what impact the rollover to EI will have. It'll certainly kick a whole bunch of gig workers uh, off the system, uh, which will make it cheaper for the government. But obviously, it's going to be terrible for those folks who aren't going to get income support, despite the fact that, uh, you know, say if you're a working Uber driver, for instance, uh, or Airbnb or something like that, you've just got a lot less business and you might well need that support. Okay, just finally, uh, David, uh, get out your crystal ball if you could for us. What do you expect the job numbers to be for this month, uh, July? I mean, we had uh, good news uh, for the month of uh, May with nearly 300,000 jobs. Great news uh, for the month of uh, June, this uh, past month, with nearly a million. And particularly with uh, the GTA in Toronto coming uh, online onto uh, phase two of the uh, economic uh, reopening, do we expect even better news, jobs news, uh, come July? I, I think so. I mean, I think I think the GTA I and mean, the GTA is a huge economic region, not just in Ontario but in the country, uh, and it's one of the reasons why Ontario is lagging behind in this uh, in this survey. And so, if Ontario were, you know, to catch up for another ten percent of the way to February, that would make a big difference in the overall in the overall picture. And so, with the reopening of the GTA, I think that'll be an, an important turning point. And the lowering of cases in general in Canada has meant that the the risk of Reclosing, I think, is much lower in contrast to, say, what's happening in the U.S., where the risk of reclosing is actually much larger. Um, and so I think that we will likely see continued job gains. I mean, we're seeing an effective public health effort against COVID-19, and we're seeing the benefits from that, which is uh, better job growth. Yeah. Do you think that uh, what we see in these job numbers of today, does that prove that uh, we have been and are on the right path when it comes to handling the pandemic and its economic impacts? It, it seems that way so far. I mean, the, the, what seems to have happened in the U.S. is there was just a rush to reopen uh, with the thought that, uh, you know, economic growth would, would boom as a result of the reopen. And it, and it did in the short term. But the, the problem is then you risk reclosing, um, which is what we're actually seeing. I mean, we're seeing in cities like Houston, for instance, or we're seeing in Melbourne and Australia. Uh, is, and the risk of reclosing a second time, I think, is much more severe than, say, delaying the full the full opening, say, of restaurants by an extra week. I mean, it's it's worthwhile getting this right so we don't have to go back to the full uh, lockdown that we're seeing in other places. Seems like we've done that well so far, and so I mean, let's hope that it it continues and we don't uh, repeat some of the patterns that happened in the U.S. Absolutely, and certainly some good, some encouraging news on the jobs front today. David McDonald with the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives. David, appreciate it as always. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for having me. Bye.